Bible, turn to the book of Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon. We're talking today on the subject of fall renewals. How many, to be honest, need a little bit of uh, renewal in your relationships? I've got a feeling some of our marriages need a little renewal. I've got a feeling some of our parenting and children relationships needs a little renewal. I've got a feeling some of our grandparenting and grandchildren relationships needs a little renewal. I got a feeling some of our friendships needs a little renewal. And by the way, beloved, I think as we turn to the book of Song of Solomon, you'll recognize that the woes and the problems of our nation, listen, is just a reflection upon what's going on in the family. I need some help. The problem is, it's in the family. So goes the family, so goes the church. So goes the family, so goes the nation. Now, we can blame a lot of things on the government, and there's certainly blame there. However, a lot of our issues are going back to the family today. For that reason, the Lord placed on my heart a message, Fall Renewal. And here in this wonderful book called The Song of Solomon, can I give you, uh, first of all, the uh, three main areas as we study the book of Song of Solomon? And I'm going to ask you before we even get into the text today, listen carefully. How many of you today need to renew your relationship with your spouse today? How many need to renew and to renew your love relationship with Jesus today? There's some that are single in the house of God today, and I want to tell you, that uh, it's all right to be single. That's all right. You can serve God with your whole heart, uh, even despite of what the culture may say. And yet, our relationships is where the focus is today. And the three categories in the book of Song of Solomon, this is a song. Now, many of you probably taught on this in Sunday school the last number of weeks. I want to share with you the different methods of interpretation, but we're going to get right into the text of how to renew our relationships. I'm going to give you four ways or four um, ideas concerning ways to change your relationship. And by the way, fall is here. The temperatures are dropping. The light hours are decreasing. And certainly... We're seeing the changes in the leaves on the tree today. There can be a change in your relationship. You don't have to keep living this way. You don't have to keep feeling this way. You don't have to uh, continue to be strained in your relationship. Three parts, and then we'll get right into the text. Number one is what I call the meeting courting. The meeting of courting before the marriage. We see that in chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, the meeting before the marriage, or otherwise known as the courting area. You do know that a Jewish young man was forbidden to read the Song of Solomon until he was 30 years old. Why? This is graphic information. It is X-rated as far, but I want you to know, this is the Word of God, and by the way, we can't go by what the world says about sex and intimacy in the marriage. We've got to get what the Word of God says about it. Because the devil's perverted a God-given desire, and we're going to see very clearly the proper interpretation of the book of Song of Solomon, namely the literal rendering of the text. So 
Number one, there's the courting of this Shulamite bride with Solomon. Number two, we'll see from chapter 5 onward is the marriage consummation. The marriage is consummated. After the courting comes wedding and the sexual consummation of the marriage. Chapter 5 onward. Number three, the third part of the book of Song of Solomon mainly lists not only the meeting and the courting, but the marriage consummation. And finally, you can see the marriage commitment. How many know that once you get married, there is a commitment level of the marriage that it takes as much work, if not more, after you're married than it does as before you're married? Amen. If you've been married any length of time, you know what I'm talking about. Now, by the way, if you're here and you say, I'm not married, this don't apply to me, wrong. This can be parenting, children, the things I'm going to share, and it can deal with friendships. By the way, if you're here today and you're not married, I want to encourage you to date with a purpose. And that's what I believe the Song of Solomon speaks about. Well, let's go uh, now and talk about let me give you the quick outline of the Song of Solomon and see if you will renew your relationships today. I dare say there's a lot of ladies that would be the first to step up. Sometimes men are a little bit hesitant about this, but you know deep down inside you need some improvement on your relationships. Let me give you four uh, thoughts the Lord gave me. I've never preached this message before, but let me give them to you. Number one, fall is a time of renewing your commitment of unconditional love in your relationships. We'll see that in a moment. Don't worry about writing them down. I'll have them on the screen. Fall is a time of renewing your commitment of unconditional love in your relationships. We'll look at that in chapter 8 of the book of Song of Solomon. And then number 2, we'll find that fall is not only a time of renewing, fall is a time of refusing to uh, have, uh, have uh, control and curses in your relationship. We'll see that in a moment in chapter 2 of the book of Song of Solomon. And then number 3, not only is fall, I'm telling you today, right now, is a time of changes, a time of renewing, a time of refusing. Thirdly, a time of reviewing. A time of reviewing the conflict we have in all of our relationships Right now, you've got a conflict in your relationships with a friend. Right now, you've got a conflict. Those listening by the way of YouTube and, and by way of uh, the Facebook Live, and maybe you're here today and you know you've got a conflict with your children or conflict that you can't seem to get past. Fall is a time of reviewing the conflict in your relationships. We're going to talk about that. And then number four, fall is not only a time of re newing and a time of refusing and a time of reviewing but fall is a time of regluing god gave me those words to develop this message regluing our relationship with jesus christ in our relationships that is the key that is the key to all of our relationships and the church said amen and that we'll see in chapter eight of and also chapter two of the book of song of solomon before we get the text let me just share with you this three methods of interpreting the book of Song of Solomon. Number one, there's the method, what we call allegorical. Allegorical means it's reading into the text. Many interpret the book of Song of Solomon as to the church's relationship with the bridegroom, the bride with the bridegroom. That would be coined a 
allegorical interpretation. But there is secondly the literal interpretation of the book of Song of Solomon, which we're going to focus on today. The literal interpretation of the book of Song of Solomon is literally reading the text as if there's a literal bride and a literal bridegroom, namely the Shulamite woman and Solomon. That's the literal rendering of the interpretation, which we're going to focus on today. How many know that when you study the Bible, it's important to go to the literal, historical, grammatical perspective of the Bible. Now, it's all right to go to the allegorical perspective, Christ and the church, only after we go to the literal rendering of the text. And then thirdly, there is the method of the Jews would consider God as uh, uh, their husband and they being the wife of God. But keep reading because we're going to study the book of Song of Solomon not only this morning, but probably tonight as well. Tonight we'll go in our time of Bible prophecy in regards to Jesus Christ and the church, the allegorical perspective, only after we've done the uh, proper exegetical interpretation, namely the literal rendering of the text. And I hope you caught all that. And so let's see as we go into the book of Song of Solomon. This is a song. Again, it's a description of a woman, a Shulamite woman, and a man named Solomon. Now, I don't know if you know a lot about this Shulamite woman or not. She happens to be a country girl. She happens to live in the country. That is, she lives in the hills of Ephraim. And she's a hard worker. She works out in the field. She confesses. We'll see it very clearly. Her skin is tan. Why? Because she's working in the field. Evidently, she has some stepbrothers. And her stepbrothers, for whatever reason, she's working in the field and is not able to take care of herself, manicure, pedicure, etc., whatever. And we'll see that in chapter 1. And yet, Solomon, being the king, uh, discovers this young woman. It's the love story, to say the least. But we're coming to the text after I give you the quick outline of the book of Song of Solomon. And keep in mind, our purpose for the message today is that you would renew your relationship. I believe there's some marriages today that maybe there's a conflict or a issue that you need to resolve today. And I'm going to ask you if you'll resolve your your relationship with Jesus first. But then I think if you'll be honest with God and uh, you'll really search your relationships, the Lord is going to break through in your relationships. So quickly, let me go to the uh, outline as I told you and we'll read this first text. Falls a time for renewing your commitment of unconditional love for your relationships. Secondly, fall is a time for refusing to control a curse your relationships. Third, by the way, this isn't a time to point fingers or throw rocks. It's a time to get honest with the Lord. Thirdly, fall is a time for reviewing your conflict in relationships. And fourth, fall is a time for regluing your relationship to Jesus Christ. I've already shared that with you. Turn to chapter 8 of the book of Song of Solomon. Chapter 8. Let's stand together. Here's the first uh, way to renew your relationship with unconditional love. I've already given you the background of Song of Solomon. And uh, here we go in chapter 8 of the book of Song of Solomon. In chapter 8, if you're there, say amen. amen. In verse 5, Who is this that cometh up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? The word beloved in the book of Song of Solomon refers to Solomon. Love, or love is the word for the Shunammite bride. Here's a bridegroom 
and a bride. Now, this time, they've already consummated the marriage in chapter 8. We're going to start at the latter part and work to the beginning. But I believe the Lord is going to use this in your life for His glory to build stronger relationships and to see the work of the enemy. Now, notice again, verse 5. And evidently, this was some neighbors. This was some people who knew this Shunammite bride, and they're making comments about her, her mother, etc. We'll see that. But I really want you to see after verse 5. Let's start in verse 5. Who is this that cometh up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? I raise thee up under the apple tree, that's a fruit tree, there thy mother brought thee forth. There she brought thee forth that bare thee. Verse 6, underline it. Set me as a seal. Now here's the discussion of the Shunammite bride. She wants a better relationship with Solomon. Y'all listen a minute. Look up here just a minute. You know how many wives Solomon had at this time? 140. How many know that's not good? Uh, even though Solomon was one of the wisest men in the world, I think he was unwise in this area, definitely. I thought I'd just throw that out. This Shunammite woman had competition, okay? I just thought that might be interesting to note as we read this. Now notice verse 6. Set me up as a seal upon thine heart. This is the confession of the Shunammite. As a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. The coals thereof are coals of fire, which hath a most vehement flame. If you don't know verse 7, you need to learn it. Notice, many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. Now, if you notice, that didn't say lust. It said love. We are saturated with the world, lust-driven world. There's a difference in love and lust. Can I get a witness? Love is commitment. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love wants instant gratification. What do you have to offer in a relationship? What does your spouse have to offer in a relationship? What does God want to do in your relationships? How much are you going to put God in your relationships? Don't think that you're going to change that person you want to get married to after you get married. You, you, God can do it, yes, but uh, it's better to go ahead and have uh, that uh, common denominator, if you will, in your relationship. Look at this, verse 7. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. Oh, praise the Lord. If a man would give all the substance of his house for love, it would utterly be contemned. That word contemned means despised. In other words, you can't buy love. Love cannot be bought. Love cannot be quenched. This is the word of the Lord, and that for right now is all we're going to read. Father, thank you for our relationships, and the church said. Amen. Lord, thank you for our wives, and the church said. Amen. Lord, thank you for our husbands, and the church said. Amen. Lord, thank you for our children, and the church said. Amen. Lord, thank you for our grandchildren, and the church said. Amen. Lord, thank you for our friends, and the church said. Amen. And now, Lord, we need heaven's help to build stronger, loving relationships that last a lifetime. So, Father, whatever renewal you intend to do in my heart, in my relationships, and in our relationships as a church with each other and in our families, we trust you today to have your will and way. We bless you, Jesus, that you're the healer, you're the helper, you're the one who gives hope. And I pray for those hurting relationships right now that there would be the bomb of Gilead extended and there would be the broken down walls rebuilt 
and there would be breakthroughs over the world of flesh the devil and God when all said and done will praise you because you're worthy those that father are here that desperately need a relationship with you I pray that it'll start right there and even we in Christian marriages Lord forgive us of the times we leave you out of our marriage forgive us of the times we try to communicate and try to resolve issues without studying without being led by your spirit without Lord understanding the power of your resurrection Lord Jesus forgive us of leaning on our own understanding being selfish and rude and Lord not really exercising the great love that you have for us pouring in us and through us and God give us great grace today to forgive give us great grace today Lord to run the race and to keep the faith and to uh, Lord let people be put in your hands to put them in your hands people we can't control and the church said and we'll thank you for it in Jesus name you may be seated number one fall is a time of renewing fall is a time of renewing now listen every one of us in here listen every one of us in here probably need a little renewing in our relationships some of you probably got numb to some of the stuff going on some of you probably suppress the stuff you can't control well let's talk about this the unconditional love in your relationships the unconditional love in your relationships uh, speaking of unconditional love, I love the story of Bobby Bowden. He was a former uh, coach of Florida State football team, and I heard him say prior to his death, he just passed away a few weeks ago, I heard him say, he said, one time my wife asked me after we'd been married uh, over 25 years, she said, Bobby, do you love me more than football? Bobby said, college or pro? <laughs> Which one? Anyway, I hope you love your wife or your husband more than football or baseball or whatever the case may be. Hey, unconditional love, unconditional love. And this is the grace of God. God gives us the grace to love each other unconditionally. Maybe right now you're facing a, a situation that is very difficult to love someone unconditionally. But the Lord gives us that grace to love and to forgive and to move on. So number one, the renewing of your commitment. How many today will take a stand? How many today will take the hand of your wife, take the hand of your husband and say, honey, let's renew our love for each other in just a moment. I'm not talking about when you get home. I'm talking about right now. I believe it will strengthen your marriage. I'm not saying that uh, your marriage is on the rocks, although it may be, but thank God it can be built upon the rock. <laughs> Amen. How many will take your children right now today and put them on the altar? Things you can't change. You know you've been at your wit end. You know that you've been struggling and, and it's been a real test of your faith. You can act like it, it's not, but deep down inside it is. But the sooner and the better when we put our loved ones on the altar, God is able to change them. Yes, he is. And so that's what we need to do. Exercise that unconditional love. And the Lord will honor it. Now, number two, well, how can we have this fall renewal of not only renewing our unconditional love with our relationships? Number two, how can we have a time of refusing to control or curse your relationships? Turn back to chapter two of the book of Song of Solomon. Chapter two. Go back to chapter two, please. And here in chapter two of the book of Song of Solomon, we'll notice, again, in the context of the chronological and historical time frame, the Shulamite woman... Uh, is now 
got the attention of her bridegroom, her beloved, as is referred to in the text, and thus they're getting a little bit more serious. They're talking a little bit more. Again, it's a good uh, textbook to read as the literal rendering. Notice chapter 2. I'm going to skip down to verse 15. We'll come back to chapter 2 in a moment. But simply to point out, what are some of the conflicts in our marriages? What, what are some of the conflicts in our marriages? Notice, it's a time of refusing to control or curse your relationships. Chapter 2, verse 15. Look at it, please. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil, destroy the vines. For our vines have tender grapes. What is meant by that? We'll read in chapter 2, they're building this relationship. But how many of you know that no matter how long you've been married, no matter how long and old your children are, that the devil's always going to be working on your relationship to try to bring some problems in your relationship? How many know what I'm talking about? Probably everybody ought to know that. And there are certain issues that we face that we've got to work through if we're going to have the kind of relationship that God wants us to have. Not only exercising and renewing our unconditional love, but number two, refusing to control or to curse our relationships. Little foxes that spoil the vine. What is the picture here? Here's the picture. A fox in the Eastern culture would uh, dig around in the great vineyards, so we're told. And consequently, the holes would create some problems for the root system of the grapes. That's one way. The little foxes spoil the vines. Foxes and jackals were known for that. I did read where you may be aware, or may not, the uh, culture in the Eastern world, the grapevines are not put up on a pole like we have them here. Rather, many of them grow straight from the ground. And so the little foxes could indeed spoil the vine. The little foxes could dig around or steal the grapes and therefore... They had to, uh, those who had the vines and so forth would have to train them or pick them up off the ground and keep them up higher than the foxes could eat them. Now, for a moment, let's draw a parallel between our relationships. What are some of the little foxes that spoil the vine? Uh, sure, Lord, give me a message entitled How to Make Love Deposits Rather Than Bitter Withdrawals from Your Marriage Account. And here, simply putting this way, how many of you got a credit card? Let me see your hand. Probably most of you have a credit card or debit card of some sort. Question, if you're always making withdrawals and transactions with your credit card and never making deposits into your account, what's going to happen? Withdrawals without deposits, what happens? It's going to get withdrawn, correct? You're not going to have any money in your account if you're always withdrawing. So it is in comparison with a relationship. And if we're withdrawing from our relationships rather than depositing in our relationships, the relationship's going to get overdrawn. What do I mean? What do I mean? Let's get a little bit more specific about overdrawing. Tell me now. Are there little annoying habits? Are there things that uh, really get your goat? And by the way, uh, this woman, the Shunammite woman, uh, is described as hair like uh, a goat's hair in the uh, tent of Keter. We'll see that in just a moment. But anyway, here back to the point. Uh, little foxes that spoil the vine. 
you know, are you trying to control your relationship? I've often said when you get married, it's do you take so-and-so, do you take so-and-so? Yes, I take so-and-so, yes, I take so-and-so. And two become one flesh. For this cause should a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. I'm sorry, I've got to say something. I know this is going to make the world upset, but I can't help it. I've got to say it, okay? This is going to make those listening that probably aren't in the church upset. It doesn't matter. I read there, and the Lord spoke to my heart. Uh, the Bible says, for this call shall a man leave his father and mother and not cleave to his man, but cleave to a woman. I'm sorry. Do you all read that in y'all's Bible? I read that in my Bible. That's the plan of God. Hello? Anyway, whatever. I, I, I don't, you know, regardless of the Supreme Court, regardless of the laws of the land, this is what the Bible says. Now, I know there's a twisting of the Scripture and justification, etc. All I'm saying is this. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife. They too should be one flesh. And when the word leave and cleave, it has to do with two pieces of paper being glued together and stuck together. You know when you try to pull that apart, what happens? Thank you. After it's been glued, it tears apart. And uh, maybe there's somebody here today, you've been in a relationship and you feel torn apart. Maybe you need some restoration and reconciliation. Maybe you need some uh, glue from heaven to help put you back together, to know that the, we serve the God of a second chance. Amen. And uh, the word of the Lord says that God will restore the years the locusts have eaten. And so what we're talking about here is the, uh, how to have these love relationships without uh, injecting these control issues. I've said before, to become one flesh. The question is this, if you agree with me, which one? And it becomes a control issue in many marriages. You're too controlling. You're too manipulative. You're too deceiving. You're too this and that. How many know it takes great trust to love and to uh, put your dependence on the Lord Jesus first? And how many know that the Lord Jesus can change your spouse or your children far quicker and better than you can and I can. Now, the sooner you get that, the better you're going to be. Otherwise, as it's been said, when a man gets married to a woman, the woman sets out to change the man. But when a man gets married to a woman, he thinks she'll never change. I want to tell you, as it's been said, the only time a woman's really been successfully changing a man was when he was a baby. You'll get it later, okay? But anyway, hey, and those of you that say you never have any problems in your marriage, probably you're blind about it. If, and, and I read one of the writers said this, uh, the, the, the issues we go through in marriage build a stronger marriage. We all have problems. We all don't see eye to eye on everything. If you say you never don't see eye to eye on every single thing, probably you're dominating the relationship. But there, and, and this is why I derived that conclusion. When I sit down with husbands and wives, I hear his side and then I hear her side. How many know that we live in a two-story house? <laughs> his story and her story. Anyway, I mean, there's no perfect marriage. How many know that? There's no perfect relationship. How many know that? I've, I've told you all, I, you know, uh, when I got married, for better or for worse, I couldn't do any better, and Deanna couldn't do any worse, all right? And that's the way it goes. But anyway, but in all indication, listen to me. Look up here, everybody. I want to say this. I want to say this. I dare say the world has portrayed a false fantasy when it comes to marriage and the family. Let me explain. They show that uh, the, 
you get married and then you ride off in the sunset and everything smooth sailing. You never have any problems. You never have any issues. And uh, you, you live happily hereafter. I got news for you. It takes work to be married. Anybody doesn't say it don't take work, you're lying. It takes work. It takes love. It takes forgiveness. And best of all, as a Christian, it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to enable me and you as husbands to love our wives. We can't love our wives unconditionally without the love of God. And that's what Paul said. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Listen now. I can love my wife as long as she's doing everything I want her to do, but when things don't always go my way, I told you all I never get mad until things don't go my way. And, and likewise, women, listen. You know, will you pray for your husband? Don't the rock set him, bless God. Now I'm a husband, so I can really camp right here for a while. Y'all forgive me. But I hear wives bashing their husbands a lot. Now I'm not saying that husbands were perfect, but look, wives, why don't you start praying for your husband? I can't hear you. It's easy to bash and easy to criticize rather than pray. Talk to me. And that's why some of us really need to get to the altar, husbands and wives. And, and, and you say, but Brother Randy, see, right now the devil's putting some confusion in your mind. You're already trying to sift through your own relationships and you're already justifying for your relationships, thinking you got the perfect relationship and this, that, and the other. And, and God's saying, look, I want to bring your relationship to another level, no matter where it's at now. I mean, from glory to glory, from faith to faith, and unconditional love. And by the way, there'll be more challenges along the way. And just because there was victory yesterday, it doesn't assure us if we operate in the flesh, there's going to be victory tomorrow. Y'all aren't with me. I know you're tired. I know you stayed up late. But look, here's the thing. If we get with the Lord today and really get with God and say, Lord, I've got blind spots. And there's some ways that I operate. There's some core values, my thinking process. And, and so the Lord is wanting to stretch us today, me included, that oftentimes I'm very prone. Listen to me, man. See if you agree with me. I'm prone to think that I'm right all the time. I didn't get one single amen. Not one. And I'm not surprised because there's a lot of pride in us men. And bless God, it's hard for us to admit when we're wrong. Now, wives, the Scripture says, submit to your husband. That doesn't mean a doormat. The word hupotasso is a military term. That's right. Uh, Kimmy, I'm looking at you because you're in the military. Uh, it's a military term. I'm not saying you don't submit, hello, but I'm saying it's a military term. And by the way, Jesus Christ submitted, watch this, to his Father's will. And when we refuse to submit, now I'm not talking abuse here. Oh, no. I'm talking about the loving relationship as the heart of the home. The husband's delegated the head of the home. And by the way, men, we're responsible for our home spiritually. That's why I love to see you at church. You don't just send your wife to church. Send your children to church. Bless God. Men of God are being men of God. The priestly role, the prophet role, and the protector role, and the provider role. But... Don't leave all the praying up to your wife. Step up the plate. You be the spiritual leader. You say, I don't know how to pray. Well, ask God to help you to pray. I don't know how to pray either. I'll never forget when the Lord, it, it dawned on me that I've not been the spiritual leader in my home. And uh, by the way, wives, can I say something in love? Don't overwhelm, overwhelm your husband. You might be having time to read the Bible and pray and go all these meetings and so forth and so on. Don't go to your husband and make him feel like he's uh, uh, in, in, insufficient. 
to lead, that's going to drive him the other way. Can I get a witness? Not a one single person said amen. I know I'm hitting the mark today. I know I'm hitting the mark. Praise the Lord. And uh, anyway, so conflict resolution. Conflict. How, how, do, we, how do we eliminate this? How, we, we, we don't withdraw. What, what is it today that maybe gets your gold or you're upset about? Look, fall relationships. By the way, when we come to church, we don't come to be entertained. We come to listen to the Word of God and obey the Word of God, right? You know, I love it because I see you processing a lot of this. A lot of you won't respond in a moment, but you'll be processing it. And I'm convinced the Holy Spirit of God, if you're a Christian, you're not going to get away from the truth of God because the Holy Spirit of God is going to keep bringing it to your mind. Now, today you want to save face and you say, I'm not going to the altar. Somebody think my marriage is on in trouble. I know how we think. I've been out there too. Hello. We, we, we just, I'm not going to go to the altar. I'm, I'm not having any problem. What are people going to think? Look, it don't matter what people think. What matters is what the Lord knows. And if you want a breakthrough, you've got to obey God. Amen. And so this is the purpose. This is the, this is the goal. Time to fall. Renewing your commitment, unconditional love in your relationships. I know, I know, I know that there's some strain there between grandparents and grandchildren. I know that things aren't going right. I know our children and grandchildren aren't doing what we want them to do, serving God, loving the Lord, growing in their spiritual life. How are we dealing with it? What are we saying to them? How are we praying about it? See, this is the kind of things we're talking about. Time is re- uh, it's time for refusing to control a cursed relationship. Chapter 2, verse 15. Notice number 3. Fall is the time for reviewing your conflict in your relationship. Chapter 1. Go back to chapter 1. Look at this. Chapter 1, verse 5. I'm black. But comely, you daughters of Jerusalem. Chapter 1, verse 5, I'm black. The skin, she was tanned. I'm black, but comely, O you daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar. And that's Kedar, this tent was made with the black hair of a goat. All right? And so that's the picture of this Shunammite woman. She says, because the sun hath looked upon me, my mother's children, meaning her stepbrothers, were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but mine own vineyard have I not kept. I shared with you earlier, this, this woman is out working in the field. Why? I don't understand. I don't know all the implications. Maybe she was the oldest. Maybe her stepbrothers were not. I don't know. All I can do is guess. But the point is, she said, her brothers were angry. My mother's children were angry with me. All right? So here's the point. Number three, uh, conflict resolution. I'm black and comely, said the daughters of Jerusalem, and uh, yet my mother's children were angry with me. Is there anybody today that would listen really carefully to what I got to say? We all have conflict. Now listen, everybody look up here, please. Everybody. Everybody in the house of God. I know you're tired. Look up here. Sometimes we don't always agree on everything. How many agree with me? We don't always agree on everything. Question, how are you going to resolve it? You're just going to railroad your idea and forget what they care about and run over them and it don't care the heck with them? Is that how we're going to be? No, that's not real love. So how about sitting down at the table? Sometimes we have to negotiate. You know as well as I do, in marriage or in families, there's some giving and taking, right? There's giving and taking in marriages. And so if we're going to resolve these conflicts that come up, decisions we got to make, things that uh, you feel this way, I feel this way. And, and so every relationship's going to face this. And that's why I'm trying to debunk the idea there's a perfect relationship. 
The question is how you work through it. Understand that person is wired differently than you are. No, they might just go along to get along. They don't want to rock the boat. I mean, that's the way they've lived all these years or, or whatever. But, but they've got their opinion. You've got your opinion. And so when you come together, you sometimes have to negotiate, give a little bit, take a little bit. And this is the part of the relationship. This is the part of what God does. All right, number four. It's not only time of reviewing your conflict in relationships. What about it right now? What does God want to do? Fourth, it's time to regluing your relationship with Jesus. Notice in chapter 2 of Book of Song of Solomon. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. Notice this. I'm the rose of Sharon. The rose is uh, the, the word uh, crocus. It, it's literally a flower. And of Sharon. Sharon is a coastal area. I'm the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. Some refer to that as the Easter lily. And as the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As the apple tree, verse 3, among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among my sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Again, the relationship is escalating between the Shulamite bride-to-be and Solomon, the bridegroom. And then we come to verse 4. She says, uh, he brought me to the banqueting house, this covering, this Jewish wedding canopy, and uh, he brought me to this banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. And then she said, stay with me, flagons, that is, uh, grapes and so forth, uh, tasty fruit. Comfort me with apples, for I am sick of love. I'm just saying this, number four and finally, if our relationship with Jesus Christ is not what it ought to be, probably your marriage is not going to be what it ought to be. Our relationships with our children aren't going to be what it ought to be. The first step is, I think, getting things right with the Lord, Jesus. Maybe you're here today as you stand to your feet. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know, I'm having a real time in my communication in my marriage. Uh, we, we're, uh, by the way, there are four major conflicts in marriages. You ready? This is according to Psalm. A man's mama, a woman's mama, making out in sex, and then money. Those four areas, you hear me? The man's mama, the woman's mama, and making out in sex, and then the fourth would be money. These are four conflicts. Now, as a pastor, I have to deal with this stuff. I'd love to deal with it. It's a part of my responsibility. I'm dealing with families now, marriages now. But again, let me go back to what I said earlier. The church will never be any stronger than our marriages. It'll be our families are going to determine the strength of New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. And this nation, our community is never going to be any stronger than our families, than our marriages. And, and so today, I don't know what the Lord would have you to do, but maybe you need to renew your relationship. Uh, Deanna and I celebrated 40 years last July, to God be the glory. But I was reminded again last week. It's grace. It's all of God's grace. And if I don't have God's grace, if we don't have God's grace, it's a sinking ship. Y'all believe that? We need the Lord, don't we? We need the Lord in our families. We need the Lord in our marriages. We need the Lord in our relationships with our children. And some of you are hurting today. You need some healing. Maybe this conflict you need to resolve. Whatever you need to do, let's do it, okay? Bow with me in prayer just for a moment.